We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast coming on Monday morning. It's October 9th, and we have actual basketball games to discuss. What kind of actual basketball games? The Wolves played two preseason games. Yes, yes. Two preseason games in Abu Dhabi uh, against the Dallas Mavericks over the weekend or Thursday and Saturday. The Wolves won both of them. Chris, that means the Wolves are the San Francisco 49ers of the NBA preseason. They're just a juggernaut right now. Just a juggernaut. Uh, Kyle, 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 Kyle texted me last night and said, what's your favorite Marriott property in Las Vegas? Just just asking for, for Super Bowl recommendations. Uh, <laughs> like, book it now. Let's go. Let's, let's get you you probably now. need to. Because remember yeah. when we were when we were down there for Summer League and all that mm-hmm. F1 stuff was going on? The Super Bowl oh, yeah, down there. Yeah. You're not going. Back. It's going to be crazy. I, I don't even want to know what like <laughs> tickets are going to go for or whatever. It's, that's going to be stupid, insane. But your Niners might be going. It might be going. We'll see. Um, so the Wolves win both the games. And as I was waking up this morning on Monday morning to think about, you know, what do I want to talk about from, from this game? And I think the main thing I keep going back to thinking about both of the games was just this idea that the wolves were like effectively big. And Kyle and I kind of talked about that after the first game where I asked him, I was like, how many games do you think last season you left being like, man, the wolves won that game because of their size. And Kyle was like three. I was like, okay, it was probably a little bit more than three, but like, (laughs) But yeah. it, it was probably single digits, Chris. Right? It was. Like, yeah, and they were all late in the season. I would say exactly. Yeah. yeah, and and this these two games preseason, Dallas plays small. The center they're starting is a rookie. All those caveats that effectively big and imposing the big will thing happened in this, and it felt in very ways, in very much ways similar to right before Nas got hurt. To your point where it's like, oh, yeah, this kind of does make sense. We're going 48 minutes of staying big the whole time. And the opponent seems to kind of be having um, an issue with that. Am I right to say that this just from the whole Abu Dhabi thing, that's the the biggest takeaway is the size and it kind of feeling like it worked? It it didn't seem to hinder them at all on either end of the floor or in any facet of the game. I mean, it's early and Dallas is still playing itself into into shape. Um, but I will say, I, I just think compared to where they were a year ago at this time, this this team is so much farther along, it feels like, uh, just from these two performances. Um, you think back to last year where Carl and Rudy barely practiced together during that training camp. And yeah, they didn't play much during the regular season. But I do think, to your point, that little window of... Mm-hmm. You know, that West Coast trip that they had where they played really well and that, that window of time where Carl came back, Nas was still playing, and they seemed to really hit their peak moment of that season before the injuries got in the way. Um, that is kind of what this has looked like through two games. It did remind me a lot of that. And, you know, one of the big questions when they made the trade was, how is this going to work on defense with Carl playing the four? 
I don't think it's made that much of a difference. And I, I think you saw last year that they are able to play pretty well defensively with Carl at the four, with Rudy out there, with Jaden out there. And now you're going to incorporate, you know, Nikhil into that as kind of this, this sixth or seventh man. So yeah, it, it reminds me a lot of that. And I think, you know, last year we kind of thought that this team would, it, playoffs are a different beast, you know, matchups, everything like that. But we always thought last year that this team just has so much talent on it that it will right. win a, a decent number of regular season games. And I, you know, last year we saw that that wasn't true because they still had to figure a lot of things out. But I feel like this year they're kind of set up for that runway of, okay, they can hit the regular season, they can hit the ground running and maybe get off to a strong start, you know, start stacking some wins and maybe get some good seating in the Western Conference ahead of some of these other teams who might need some time to come together. Guys, you know, stars who are like the Wolves did last year. Right, exactly. So I think they're set up much better for that scenario this season than they were a year ago. Yeah, and and I would say, like, we have to remember that they can be more set up for that and still extremely imperfect, right? Correct. Like, yes, there, there's almost assuredly in the first three, four weeks of games, there's going to be like a palm to your face game, kind of like that. I remember the Spurs game sticks out from the beginning right. of the season last year where it was like the opponent and it was a bad opponent and they exposed your weaknesses like that is going to happen at, at some point or, or maybe a quarter or a couple quarters here and there. But, but even if, and when that happens, if the baseline and foundation of what and how the wolves want to play, not only exclusively tied to like how many bigs are on the floor and who's doing all this and that just the overall foundation is better. You can have, you know, a handful of really bad quarters or even lose a bad game here or there and still be a mile ahead of where you are because there are going to be those other teams that have new rosters. You know, the Phoenix is obviously in the East. Now we have a whole bunch of churn going on with, um, with the rosters. And I, I just think that it's good to have some of this foundation here. You have a better idea. It seems to me of how they want to start possessions, just how you want to shape yeah. your offense. Who you want Cat to be playing with, who you want Rudy to be playing with, how you get to that from a rotation standpoint. When I'm just like going back, I, I went back and watched the first quarter offensive possessions from the, the second game this morning. And it's like that didn't doesn't look like a team that is like quote unquote figuring itself out. You know, yes, it's preseason and, and there was like there was stuff and there was like a bad ant lob to Rudy or whatever. Right, but if right. you could just go. It's funny when you're talking about the beginning of last season and preseason. I remember uh, being in in Vegas, which I think was Rudy's first game he played after coming mm-hmm. back. And like the offensive possessions were like Rudy sealing the post, like both hands up. Like my my basketball coach. This is a deep dive. My basketball coach back in the day called that Doliacking. You remember Michael Doliak? Like he <laughs> was my guy in the past. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's like and and <laughs> I remember sitting there at that game and I'm like what this is what they're trying to run <laughs> offensively is just like deep seal Rudy post-ups in this game. It was like, it was movement. There was the structure, there was the flow and mm-hmm. it just, it was quicker and more decisive into it. And if nothing else, I think that's the coaches learning what they want to do, but also just kind of like every one of the players substantially more comfortable with like what the idea is of their role, knowing it's going to be figured out over time. Yeah. But but that that's a from preseason to preseason, I think a pretty big uh, distinction to be made. They just have so much more uh, institutional knowledge of of what works, what doesn't, where to put people. Um, like you said, I think one of the one of the encouraging things, at least you know, I thought when the starting unit was on the floor, even though they may have been running the same action over and over again, yeah. like whether it was that too big action at the top or mm-hmm. just kind of a. A Carl, I think in game two, it was like a Carl screen at the top, and then Rudy was screening off to the yep. to the side. I mean, they were running it almost every possession down, mm-hmm. but it, it was like, yeah, you're running the same action, but it got them, it did get them into, I thought, it was like, boom, boom, offense. boom, boom. Right. You, like, know, okay, like, you know, we're doing yeah. this is what we're doing the first pass of the possession, and then we just kind of go from there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought that was 
you know, that seemed to work really well in terms of just getting everybody moving, getting everybody on the same page. Um, and yeah, it, it looked, it looked smooth. It didn't look clunky. Um, and again, defensively, I thought everything looked, looked really well. Um, yeah. And really, really, as we were saying, it's like, there's not much to like really pick, uh, <laughs> no. you know, in, in these first couple of games here, I, I thought every, everything it looked as you would want it to look if you're a Wolves fan at this point of the season. And and you had Ant back in the mix for the mm-hmm. second. Probably part of the reason why we're focusing on the bigs, right, is that Ant doesn't play in the first game, kind of resting the ankle. Jaden uh, rests the, the second game. I don't think anything to be worried about either with either of those situations. Mm-hmm. But kind of the displacement of only one of them being in whether it was just like me subconsciously then focusing on the bigs more, but it just kind of felt like it. <laughs> well, sure. Like, I mean, cause, like, cause we, and we yeah. hadn't seen them play that much. And yeah. we, we've always wondered too, like at the end of the season, Finch Connolly said like, we have enough of a body of work to know this can work. And I think mm-hmm. some of us were a little skeptical about that. It's like, Hand do you, do you like yeah. this 20 ish games enough to know that this is going to work? And I mean, Chris, I, how many times yeah, did yeah. you hear, did you have somebody, uh, you know, you're just talking to somebody with the Wolves site that three, four game stretch of like, oh, you know, that West Coast that road was, trip. Yeah, yeah. And, and it got we to do, the point. We do it a lot, too, by the way. But, but, we, just, no, no, yeah. no, we, we did. And, and I'm yeah. saying like I kind of got to the point of rolling my eyes at that or just being mm-hmm. like, OK, guys, come on, it's three games. Like, let's see. And, and I'll like, at least for right now kind of cop to that does seem to be. That's what this looks like now. So yeah. I, I can't, I can't roll my eyes to the same extent that is now that we have, we're seeing it again for the first time and you have Nas back, like you have the whole, the whole group back. And I think the Nas <clears throat> part of it and having all three of them, that helps me kind of like try and understand, like I was, I was curious to see like what it looks like. Like does Nas only play power forward now? Like who, who's cat playing the most with between Rudy and, there wasn't lineup data on there, but I, I did it by hand. And so this might not be exactly right, but it was Kat and Rudy in the two games. Yeah. They played 23 minutes together. Nas and Rudy played 13 and a half minutes together. Nas and Kat only four. But that was noteworthy. Like, okay. Yeah. Didn't, didn't, didn't have much of that. Nas played 15 minutes at center by himself. Now, Seven minutes of that was in the second half. The once second, they kind second of half, right, right, right? But remember, we were talking a little bit about like, is Nas going to play any five? Like, mm-hmm. I think and listen, and listen. I mean, in, in that second half of game two, when it was just Nas out there Ooh. at center, he looked really, good. he looked really good. <laughs> he He's was only, he was awesome. the best player on the floor for that five minute stretch or whatever that was. And you know, we say all yeah. the time like. Oh, you know, Cat moving to the four, he loses some of his, some of his advantage against fives and being able to take him off the dribble. That's true for Nas too. That's true for Nas as well. So yeah. it's like to you know, if you can find it in the rotation as they did in a preseason rotation in these first two games, I think that like makes sense to play some Nas at the five if you can still find obviously enough minutes for Rudy and and Cat to play too. But um, I just I think all of the things are going to happen. You're going to get Cat and Rudy minutes. You're going to get Nas and Rudy minutes. You're going to get Nas and Cat minutes. You're going to get Nas solo minutes. Cat had eight and a half minutes solo at center. And Rudy only three and a half minutes solo mm-hmm. at center, which I thought was interesting. You know, we saw a ton yeah. of like Rudy solo would have been Rudy and Kyle. Um, now the Rudy minutes with Kyle are, are in these preseason games have all been with Kyle at the three. So I don't know. I mean, not to over like search for clues here in Abu Dhabi, but. That I take something. I take something from that. Um, in that I think nobody's job has really changed, and they're like, we're getting rid of this. We're never playing so and so together, or we're right. never only playing. Like they're gonna. I think they're gonna play all of it. I don't think it's just like a test for for the preseason. I think in game one, you will get minutes of every iteration of the big man group because they rotate things so weird. It's like sometimes, like. Rudy Gobert will check into the game and it'll be for Nikhil Alexander Walker. You know, right. <laughs> like, what? what? You know, and that lasts for like two minutes and then another yeah. sub comes in and yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, which is just like, and I know this is like super in the weeds stuff, but I think it, this these type of weeds mm-hmm. matter when you're trying to navigate an inherently sort of funky big man conglomerate. Yeah, you know. Yeah. 
So I, I, have, a, I have a little bit more confidence in, in the idea that they're going to be able to get to that uh, effectively this season, whatever the grouping might be. I, I, I think it makes sense that, I, I mean, I don't know how the percentage is ultimately going to go Nas Cat versus Nas yeah. Rudy, Nas Solo, whatever. I do think it just makes sense from a, Sure. If you just take a big picture view, that that Nas and Rudy are playing more than Nas and Cat are because of yep mm-hmm. both Nas and Cat being stronger offensively than they are defensively. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. So it just it, on paper just makes sense that you not that you that you match up Nas and, and Rudy a little more. And Finch uh, has never wanted to play Nas with Cat. Right. <laughs> or, 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 I mean, he said it sometimes, right. but like. We've always it, it done was, that. He was always a little yeah. reluctant. He was always a little reluctant to do that in the pre-Rudy era as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, again, this just goes to show you how where where this team is now as opposed to last year. Last year we were asking, is Nas Reed just going to be sitting on the bench the entire? Uh, we were time? answering, and the <laughs> right. answer that was yes. At the, the answer that was time. basically yes. Yeah, and it's going to be hard for Nas to crack the rotation. But of course, we mm-hmm. all saw what happened, um, and now it's like a given that yeah. Nas Reed, contract extension, has to pass to see the floor. He's mm-hmm. playing. They're going to make that work. Um, got to gotta just figure it out. Um, it just it, it just goes to show you what what a different place they are now as opposed to a year ago. That's that's just that's what I come back to for this preseason. Um, and I think it's the biggest thing is is it, they, they're figuring less out. They've got Mike Conley in here at point guard. They've got their bench pretty much set. I mean, I don't think there's that much. It's just a matter of how deep does Finch want to go? Does he want to go nine? Does he want to go 10, um, eight? You know, what, what is he, what does he end up doing? Um, but they have those guys pretty much lined up. Who's going to be what, um, you know, Nikhil. I think one of the things that that's a big takeaway too, is Ant sits game one, Jaden sits game two. Who's your, who's your fifth starter? It's Nikhil in both instances. Definitely not. Um, that's a noteworthy thing. It's not mm-hmm. Kyle Anderson. It was Nikhil. Yeah. Um, you know, whether that whether that's because they want to, mm-hmm. you know, Nikhil's defense just fits better in the in the starting lineup, or they want to keep Kyle as kind of like a bit of a floor general for the second unit, maybe a little bit of both. Um, but definitely a big takeaway is that Nikhil Alexander Walker mm-hmm. is has is held in very high esteem. Uh, right now by this coaching staff coming off of what he did last year and then building off of that with Canada over the summer. I, I want to talk a little bit more about uh, Nikhil, but uh, Chris, let me first get to this. Uh, this coming Saturday, October uh, 14th, Falling Knife Brewing Company in Northeast Minneapolis is going to be doing a Wolves Fest uh, day where they want the brewery to kind of be a Wolves fan takeover. We kind of did this uh, last season at at this time. Hopefully this will be a little bit bigger, a little bit more space, a little bit more people. Um, the Wolves' next preseason game is on Saturday night at 6.30. So if you, you know, if you missed uh, the, the Abu Dhabi games over last weekend because they were day games, uh, I think you have something to be excited about. It was a, it was a fun, I thought it was fun to actually watch this team play. I think it'd be more fun uh, to, to do so, or I'm looking forward to doing it uh, with a, with a group of people. Um, so we are going to watch that game at Falling Knife at 6.30 um, on, on Saturday night. Me and Britt are going to do a show at 5 before that kind of leading us up into the game. And then come early, like 4 o'clock. Um, they want people to start start coming through. It should be a fun day. We're going to do a bunch of giveaways and um, merch and tickets and and all, all those sort of things. So again, I know I've been pumping this <clears throat> for the last uh, few weeks, but we're excited about Wolves Fest um, at, at Falling Knife this Saturday, uh, Chris, I, I did, I did write down Nah. You were just kind of getting that. And I was reading your your sort of takeaways piece from the from the first game, and I I really think with this front office, this is what they're going to be best at. If we could just say over the next like three four years, it's finding these guys on the margins, and I think just from sort of, you know, talking to them or watching some of their moves, I think they prioritize and see the value in, particularly when you have an expensive team, can we find one or two or three rotation players who make less than $5 million or whatever yeah. um, to to matter? And and I think that's a super important skill set 
for this front office to actually have. They do, they need to do this yes. over the next uh, few years. And I think Nikhil is is such a strong example of that. Someone we know this front office scouted uh, extensively back when he was coming out of the draft. Someone Finch obviously coached back in New Orleans and is a is starting to feel like a really big win uh, from a roster construction standpoint that Nikhil is a guy that, you know, knock on wood, Jaden or Ant need to like miss time at any point this season or, you know, Kyle gets banged up or even Mike, you know, you play Nikhil, like having a bench player who doesn't, I don't really have qualms with him needing to situationally being the, be the fifth starter because He's impactful on both ends. The The defense is there. He got a Kyrie in the first game. He got a Luka in the second game because Jaden was out. He's a three-point threat. I mean, this is just – I'm getting to the point where it's been like, this is just a really good role player. Like, I yeah. think Nikhil Alexander-Walker is going to matter um, on this team. Maybe I don't want to say all the way in ways to the degree to which Kyle Anderson was such a boon off the bench for this team. But I'm kind of getting that feel like, and maybe it started obviously um, at the end of last season, but Nikhil Alexander-Walker looks today to me, and I'm honestly more so going off what I saw him do for Team Canada this summer, but he looks like such a better player than he was when he was traded for in those first five, 10 games uh, he played, you know, after the Wolves kind of took him off of ice yeah. uh, in, in Utah and started playing him. It took him a little, a little while. Uh, but just the the difference in the the player he is from those first few games after the trade last year to what I'm seeing today, that is more than an underrated storyline. I, I think with this team, not just for now, but kind of big picture going forward. I'm I'm with you. I, I thought, and you were clipping some of his stuff from from Canada and and mm-hmm. the early preseason game, especially as it relates to his three point shooting. Um, game two, especially, I thought he's letting it rip. Yeah, he's, he's confident, and is if he can hit it at a clip similar to last year, that's huge, huge. absolutely huge for this team. Um, he he to me is like kind of an example of like what can go wrong in the NBA, and then what can go right for guys who are yeah. kind of on the fringe of the league. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like he's you know first round pick, tossed around, traded different places. He's the kind of guy who's like, he's not lacking for talent. He's not lacking for, you know, the drive, the hustle. You see how hard he plays. Yeah. It's all about finding a right fit and a right situation for that guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of times that's out of players' control. But to your point, the front office sees this guy and sees, okay, plays hard. We like that. Uh, right. You know, lengthy, helps, mm-hmm. uh, can shoot the three decently well. Uh, can play play and guard multiple positions. Versatile, right? Versatile, seemingly and seemingly a good teammate. Like, Mm -hmm. we know that matters to this front office as well. Um, Mm -hmm. So he checks all those boxes for him. And they bring him in. Like you said, clunky at first, a little little, little awkward, but finds his role, finds his niche, plays fast, you know, uh, the way Finch wants to play offensively. Like he will make quick decisions, not a doesn't hold the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, again, just just defensively, just another plus defender, great asset on that end of the floor. So, like you said, I, I think they are good at kind of defining some of these characteristics and qualities of what they're looking for on these margin guys. It's like if we stick to this set of criteria we think we have a good idea of what will work. Now it's not, it's not always going to, not everybody's going to pan out, but if we stick to this, you know, these kind of tent poles of what we want to do and what we want to be as a team and an organization, probably more often than not, you're going to hit on, on that type of player. Um, And they seem to have, have hit one here as, as for the cost, you know, we see this is, or at least people are kind of predicting this is where the league is headed in terms of the cost of players with the new second apron, like the the consensus is like, okay, the top is going to keep rising, but the middle class is going to bottom out. Mm-hmm. So you're going to see these guys, you know, going for this kind of money, less than $10 million. There's going to be value in that. There's going to be value here. And it's, but it's all about picking those right guys, right? Yeah. There's going to be, there's going to be tons of them out there. Mm-hmm. that will be making kind of in the same salary range. 
Well, you you just have Nikhil and Shake and Troy Brown Jr. Right. Are, I think they're all making like four and a half, five million dollars. All making the same money. Yeah, exactly. To, to your point, kind of like the guy, like that class of not a minimum player, right? But, but also maybe like not a starter level pay. Yeah, figures, less than yeah, yeah, yeah. Like those are getting pinched down, and I think mm-hmm. those three in particular, um, even Troy Brown, like I'd say, he was intriguing enough to me in these. Yeah. In these first two preseason games and just kind of how I mean, honestly the biggest what I just now say Troy Brown like the first thing that goes in my mind is like they're playing him at like the two and he's like six seven uh <laughs> yeah. you know they they had I, I tweeted this out a couple times but they they played a lineup for in both games for extended chunks where it was Shake Milton at the one who's six six Troy Brown uh junior at the two who's six seven Kyle Anderson at the three who's six nine Nas at the four, who's six ten, and then Rudy, uh, who's seven one. And and when I was r- writing that down, I was wondering, may- like maybe that's where Nikhil actually fits in here, maybe to the Troy Brown spot because he played so many of his minutes in these first two games with the starters, right? Because he started yeah. uh, both of the games. But that's probably right. Like when we picture Nikhil in the mix here, it's maybe Troy Brown out, and it's like him. Shake, Kyle, Nas, maybe Rudy or Cat, um, as as the five with that group. That that's probably where Nikhil fits into this, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I would say so. And, and, and listen, injuries are going to happen, and so this is all going to yeah get jumbled up, totally. get jumbled up anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I would I would agree that that's probably that's probably his slot. Um, and again, we'll also see how deep Finch wants to really go with the rotation. his best games are Nikhil's yeah. best games. If we include mm-hmm. these two in it too, mm-hmm. have been when he's played with the starters a lot, yeah. right? Like yeah. that was yeah. the the play in and the playoffs yeah, he was serious. playing with that group. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if they try and target that. And maybe maybe Kyle Anderson is the sixth man, but maybe Nikhil's like the first guy in, sort mm-hmm. of that that sort of thing. That would ju- that just makes sense um, in, it, when, in it, my head. If if and when Jaden gets in foul trouble, yep. Early totally. on in a game, Nikhil's probably the guy that comes right in for him. Mm-hmm. You know, Jaden picks up two early in the first quarter. You're right. probably going to see Nikhil be that guy that comes off the bench and and take over. And, and alongside, like that's the thing is, I mm-hmm. I don't really have a role in my head with Nikhil Alexander Walker where I go, ah, I don't know if he should be playing with that guy or with that group or whatever. He feels like the most malleable guy on on this team getting minutes because he just has sort of that same role no matter who he's out there with it's the he's sprinting to the corner pretty much plays out of there the the whole time which is getting him his threes and then a lot of his effort is on the defensive end whether it's chasing Kyrie at the point guard or you know giving uh Jaden some reps off on the big two guard three like they're gonna have him guard the same type of players, I think, as as Jaden will, and that, and you can throw Ant in the mix there, well, too. Like we, we've, this isn't a new thought. We talked about this plenty, but just the idea that throwing Nikhil into the mix allows you to sort of diversify the ways in which you use Jaden. How often you have to use Ant on the on the ball because you know Ant can do that. He does probably not for a, a full game. You also. Don't mind if you can get away with it, getting Ant to use 70% of his effort on offense, 30% of his right. effort on defense. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, and and Nikhil just seems to to crack that so well. And then, you know, Shake is newer to us, but but he seems to be in in that same vein as well. Any any quick Shake thoughts? Uh, with, with Shake, I, I was kind of just thinking about Shake and how he fits into the overall kind of archetype of what Finch is kind of looking for out of the point guard mm-hmm. position. And comparing to kind of what we were thinking about Mike Conley, it's like, okay, Mike Conley gets here last year. They tell him immediately, like, you need to score more. We would like you to score more. Shake Milton gets here and it's like, we want him to shoot more. We want him to score more. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's starting to become a pattern. And maybe this is why, you know, maybe Jordan McLaughlin has kind of, fallen down the pecking order a little bit over the years. I thought he looked decent in the second game. I thought, I thought now, yeah. to be fair to Jordan, he, he yeah, looked, yeah. I knew that's not what you were saying. But yeah, yeah. He, he looked very good. And the injury obviously had a big part of yeah. how he was, how he played last year. But 
they want they want these guys to score more because they are so movement heavy, mm-hmm. make the right decision, and it needs to be right a threat. Decision, right, it needs to be a threat because that frees up the offense. And if the right play is for you to shoot it or score, mm-hmm. you need to be able to do that. Um, which is, you know, Jordan McLaughlin hasn't always been the the strongest scorer. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. he's even, more even though, of a yeah. get offense going for others, guy. Yes, and, and and that's and that's great uh, for mm-hmm. what Finch likes to do as well. But I think as we're seeing with how they want to play now, especially right. if you're going to have Rudy on the floor, who isn't a huge offensive threat, the point guard needs to be a threat offensively right. because if you have two guys who are kind of non-factors shooting wise or scoring wise out there then the defense can just load up on the yeah. other three and, and cause this. So I think I think shape makes sense with how this team wants to play, especially if Rudy Gobert is playing 35-ish minutes a night. Right. Um, the fact that you need somebody who is not just a point guard, but is actually a, shoot it. A, who could shoot it and is a scoring threat. And so I think he fits that kind of profile of what they're looking for. You wrote about this, like he wasn't much of a volume three-point shooter guy. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's probably the biggest shift they will try to enact in Shake's game is like, hey, like be willing to spot up a little bit more, like turn up that dial of three-point volume. Because when I do sort of like to what you were just saying with there's one or two non-shooters out there at a time or guys just not knocking them down, mm-hmm. um, that's going to hurt this team whenever yes. that happens. and. And there's like, I mean, Kyle Anderson and Jaden both shot like 40% from three last year, like 39% or something, right? And I think odds are that's not going to happen again this season. Right. I would take the under on 39% for both right. Jaden and yeah. Kyle this year. So if one of them is in a slump or one of them's just, you know, gets a little reticent there, like you need to make, that is going to be really important for this group to make up for that shooting elsewhere. You know, Carl's going to do it, right? You know, Ant's going to do it, but... The fringe, not the fringe, but the role players last year, Jaden shot the ball really well. Kyle shot the ball really well. Like, you need that again. And and if and when those guys aren't shooting well, again, this goes back to Nikhil and Shake. They kind of need them uh, to be to be knocked down guys. So as I'm, I'm you know, familiarizing myself with uh, with Shake here some, but that, yeah, he's the creator, but he, he might need to be a shooter um, even more than, than anything else, I think, with this group, George. Just be able to uh, to to capably knock them down. Today's show is brought to you by the Game Time app, and Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. I went to a concert last week, and the whole process of knowing where to go to get the tickets, it was stressful because the last time I went to a concert, it was a mess trying to get the tickets from the third-party website onto my phone. But with the Game Time app, I felt confident even last minute that I purchased my tickets at a fair rate and that's because of their best price guarantee. And then with the app, it was easy to just use my phone and get into the concert I paid for, no confusion. So if you're looking for tickets to a Lynx game, a Twins game, or a concert this summer, check out the Game Time app. You'll get images of your seats when you buy, so you know what to expect when you arrive. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. And tickets are sent directly to your phone, so no need to dig through your emails and click on a link here or there. You can just snag tickets without stress with the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code DANEMORE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and use the code DANEMORE, all one word, for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Chris, um, weird training camp schedule this year, right? Where (laughs) we have like a couple days of practice, then they leave for a week. We're not there to be peppering them um, with with questions about what's going on. Mm -hmm. Like normally we have this whole like seven, eight days before they play a game or something. And then we're all sick of seeing each other. Yes, exactly. (laughs) One week into the season, yeah. And and it's like all all these things we want to figure out and then Mm -hmm. it just kind of gets figured out by the game. And Mm -hmm. so that's what's happened here is we've now Mm -hmm. seen this team play twice without us having spent very much time around the team. But still, what, like, Okay, we've seen them twice. What are we now this week, right? They're going to have a week of practice before they uh, go to New York next weekend. Like, what are we trying to figure out this week uh, about about this team? What are we going to be asking Finch uh, and and the players about this week? Good question. I, I guess for me, I don't have the, a lot. Like, I don't I, have a lot right now. I, I, I mean, I, I hit a I hit a point every preseason. It seems to come sooner yeah. and sooner every season <laughs> where i'm like let's get to the regular season right, and start yeah, playing right. some games already right. i think i think i hit that point after day two this year <laughs> which means after media yeah. day next year i'll be ready to just roll the ball out and let's <laughs> let's play some games that count right. um well i mean the, the big questions with this team i think are still the big questions um and we won't have answers for them until the regular season happens which is right. is this team going to shake off its maturity issues next year, which we talked about last time. Rebounding. Is rebounding going to be fundamentally different this year? The the preseason is not a good indicator for how this team is going. These Those two games, I take nothing away from how they rebounded in that game uh, or in those two games. I want to see it in the regular season. Is this team going to be a better rebounding team or is that also... Can just- I just say I kind of feel that way about the defense too? Do you? Okay. Like, I, I, I don't know. And I think I've up and down praised the offense and, and, and how it looked or, or everything. Yeah. I, I felt when we talked to Finch, um, he was also very praising of the defense. I thought that was kind of interesting because, I don't know, I, it felt more to me like they killed Dallas both times in the first half, right? right? Like I felt that that was more about the Wolves finding offense and Dallas not finding any offense other than Luka. Like, I, I don't sure. know. I. Maybe I need to go back. I think that's fair. I, think I just fair. I didn't I didn't feel yeah. like I didn't feel like the the defense is solved by any means. But let, let's also go. This was a top ten defense last right. season and a bottom right. ten, bottom ten offensive team. So if I could choose one to be good to start the year, I take the offense. Right, that's where you need right. where you need the most growth. But oh, rebound! You're saying rebounding? Yeah, yeah th- those issues on the the defensive rebounding, how they're going to play in coverage, how they're going to navigate some of those matchups like i don't know that i guess we still need to see that yeah we need to see that yeah, i don't know yeah. how much we're gonna be able to figure that out you know yeah, in yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. the preseason you know ask some questions and i did I, yeah what what it is that finch thought was so great about the defense. I, I did notice there, there was one i mean it's very anecdotal because it was just one moment but one of my biggest pet peeves with this team the last couple of years was their propensity to not rebound free throws <laughs> at just like so the absolute worst moments sometimes yeah um and there was i remember watching there was a moment in game two the first half of game two um free throw miss by dallas and it was a long rebound that got kicked around and, I'm, and, and just in my head i'm thinking like oh here, here it comes <laughs> here here comes the three off yeah. the free throw miss right. you know that they should have secured but Mike Conley came in to save the day. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> like, there's a little bit of a difference this year. Like, Mike Conley came and swooped in front of a guy and went and got the rebounds. And, mm-hmm. you know, you didn't, you didn't think twice about it because, you know, that's what happened. But I do think I was, I was noticing that little, that little, that little thing that yeah. he might add and might save them from a couple embarrassing moments this year just because he might be in the right position. They've better rebounding personnel as guards 
or wings this year mm-hmm. than they did at the start of last season. I yeah. mean, yeah. like Conley is an upgrade over D'Angelo Russell in, in that way. I think you know, Nikhil's oftentimes going to be guarding the ball. So he's not going to be in rebounding position all that yeah. often, but like, I, I trust his like willingness to work there. Right. And fight yeah. kind of like bounce back down into the lane to, to go get it. And then also, um, I, I wrote this down during the game. Troy, Troy Brown, I thought was like rebounding. And, okay. and, and I thought about, I thought about that in the, in the sense of, and I had no idea like what caliber of rebounder he was. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, because we saw that so many times, like long miss, they, the other team gets the offensive rebound, and and how many times that went over Bryn Forbes' hands or Torian Prince's or D'Angelo Russell, a lot of these guys who weren't on the team. Like Troy Brown, I saw like go in, snatch it. I know in the first game he had hit seven rebounds. I don't know what he is. This is the second game here. He had he had three. Uh, but I but I looked it up and I looked at his like defensive rebounding rate, right? The percentage yeah. of re- uh, defensive rebounds he gets. And when he's on the floor and it was like uh, 17%, which doesn't really mean anything, but I looked that up in the context of wings and that's like 95th percentile. Oh, so that's in his career before. So I, I didn't know Troy Brown has, has historically rebounding. been a good yeah. defensive rebounder. And to the defense, I think we probably did last season go so much of like, oh, you know, toggle, toggle, right? They're up in coverage, they're back in coverage. Mm-hmm. Well, so much of that shit would have just been resolved if they would have just grabbed more rebounds, you know? Right. Like that, that's <laughs> overcomplicated. I, 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 I totally agree. That that to me was has always been the biggest problem with, the, yeah. with them on defense is you, they get in half-court defense. They'll, they'll play any coverage decently well. They just can't end enough possessions. Yes. And in, in, especially in that Memphis series from two years ago, as, as we know, um, yeah. which is one of the reasons why they went out and got Rudy in the first place was because he was going to help solve their rebounding issues, which did but not th- happen. That's a perfect example of the, 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 the yeah. rebounding issues were not, in fact, all on the bigs back right, exactly, two years exactly. ago. And, and we saw that the same issue mm-hmm. still popped up last year. It's like, no, it was the guards. it's the long rebounds that, mm-hmm. that kill you. Um, and, and this seems super in the weeds, but again, they were two seasons ago last in defensive rebounding, and then last season I believe they're twenty six worst. Yeah, yeah twenty six like that. Yeah, yeah. So these are these are important things when you're when you're trying. That to is like... their biggest Achilles heel on on defense right now. Mm-hmm. They have the personnel to play really good defense. Mm-hmm. Not very few teams in the league are going to be able to match what the Timberwolves can trot out in a half court defensive setting this year. Right. I can't really think of a team that. Mm-hmm. You would take if you have one half court possession that you need to come up with a stop. Mm-hmm. Um, Minnesota's got to be up there in terms of, te- of teams that Has you would be. roll out um, for that one stop. But can you then get the rebound if you force the miss? Mm-hmm. Is is the biggest issue with this team, and that's something that I mean we we've already asked Finch about it already we and we've asked him ad nauseum the yeah. last two seasons about it because it's not exactly been a secret with this team right um <laughs> but that's on you know and i think that's one of the biggest growth areas for ant quite honestly that's totally. that's on him especially especially yeah. if he's not going to be playing another team's top scorer and they're saving him for offense or jaden's got him or nikhil's got him Mm-hmm. Um, the one area where Ant probably has to really pick it up is okay, Ant, you're not guarding the other team's best score, but get in there and rebound. Mm-hmm. You're physical, you're 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 big, like you've got size, you're an athlete, you can jump. Mm-hmm. Get in there and get get six boards a night, seven boards a night, instead of three, mm-hmm. you know. I look, look we should talk about Ant a little bit because <laughs> we couldn't talk about him after the first game. Right. Uh he he did play um I just think he's going to be an incredible isolation scorer this season. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in ways that uh, has some conflict to it, right? Um, mm-hmm. With the idea of the wanting to have more of a structured offense or wanting to move the ball and those sort of things. Like Ant has an elite skill set of not needing structure or flow to be able to get buckets, right? Yeah. And, and how does he, um, for the betterment of the group, kind of 
breathe air into structure or breathe air into ball movement uh, for this group. And and what I wrote down was rewatching the possessions this morning was it felt like, you know, in football where they do like the, the offense, like the first 10 plays of the game are like scripted, right? Mm-hmm. They say that. Yeah. Um, I kind of had like that vibe to it where the first quarter, like the first six minutes, it was really they were just running those decisive actions that you were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. And as it went on, I think it became a little bit more ant centric, which then uh, made it more ant centric. Right. So there's a little bit less of that script uh, to it. And that's part of the balance of that. I don't even say that to be one great thing or the other. the, the, The last possession of the, first quarter where ant hits a buzzer beater is a perfect example of that he was like 14 seconds everybody get out of the way get the hell out of here i'm scoring and he did and he did and he did so but he took a very difficult fadeaway jumper like it it looked great and Mm -hmm. it was one of the highlight plays of the thing but but to me that was almost emblematic of like what they should not be doing yeah and and i mean i mean listen it's the the first quarter of a preseason game yeah right right and, well, and, it's if, just, and if it's, it's the, the fourth tugging, quarter, right? It's both, right? It, it, it's yeah. both. You need to give. I think you need to give Ant some freedom to be great, and with some of that yeah. comes like just willing to, you know, have that will to just score. Sometimes, like yeah. that happens when you have a great perimeter creator on your team. Sometimes, um, you you have to let that happen, but it can't be all that. It can't be takeover mode. If you, wh- why I thought it was cool in the second game is it's like, all right, I got Rudy going a few times right away in the first quarter. He has like a, or the first half, like that big dunk. They find him under the basket a couple of times. Mm-hmm. He had that little push shot from J Mac, found him. I was like, okay, I'm tweeting that out. Like Rudy catching it at like eight <laughs> feet away from the basket. You know? Yeah. Yes, push shot. I, I, I need it. But, but you know what I mean? Like if you can, if you can, do that where there's some of that structure. Everyone's kind of getting a touch, a bucket. Carl hitting that first corner three. If you can get some of that stuff first, and then the ant kind of like that. That's the best first quarter, best way to start a half. I think is mm-hmm. some scripted buckets. Cat gets a couple. Rudy gets one. Maybe you know Jaden or Nikhil hit a corner three, and then at the end of the quarter, once guys start subbing out, all right, ant. It's a little bit more self creation. Uh, go get yours but broadly i think they did a good job of finding all of that i think dallas helped them a lot by just being bad uh yeah. defensively they didn't have a lot of matchups i mean luca was guarding cat in the first mm-hmm. game like that shouldn't do that <laughs> um you know like i i think some things in, empowered the offense a little bit that were lucky but um that, that that's what they're going to be figuring out right is whatever that balance is from running the offense with structure to get everyone involved, plus letting uh, Ant get his. We we only saw like two quarters of Ant, right? And it wasn't wasn't right. a ton, but we should note that he was back and that it did, it was both. Rudy got his, Carl got his, and Ant got his um, in the first half of that second game. And that's a that's a pretty good place to start. It, it was. And, and to your point, like Ant definitely had the freedom in transition when he kind of could see things happening kind of like that, the, like the semi-transition possessions where he's pushing it. They're yeah, not, go ahead. This isn't quite said, just go ahead yeah. and make mm-hmm. stuff happen. Go try and get fouled, which he did, I think a couple different times, which is big for him to get the, the mm-hmm. foul rate up. Yeah. Um, I didn't, how many free throws did he shoot? Uh, or he shot four in the first yeah, half. Like, yeah. Um, so that's huge for him as well. And and you can see that, that he's got the freedom in, in those moments and those should be the moments oh, yeah. where he's attacking. Like oh, him and Jaden, man, like if you can go like yeah. that, that's, you if want, you, you want to shoot more, both of you guys get it in transition, semi-transition by all means run. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you there for sure. Yeah. That, that, those were some of the, I think the best decisions and strongest things that, mm-hmm. that Ant did, um, in the limited time he played. In game two, I'm I'm just you know another thing that I will harp on. I think fans will harp on is what does the late game offense look like this year? Are they going to learn from last year, or is it going to devolve again into what we saw at the end of that first quarter, which is everybody out of the way, yeah, ISO, dribble, 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 no movement, no nothing, difficult shot. It goes mm-hmm. in that time, but you know those kind of possessions over the long haul can be 
frustrating. Yeah. Particularly late game. That, that that's a yeah. that's a good point. And that last mm-hmm. possession is a perfect example of it. Like mm-hmm. I think he had Maxi Kleba on him. Like that's yeah. probably not what it's normally gonna look like. They're gonna if that final possession of the first quarter was the fourth quarter, like they're mm-hmm. not they're gonna be intentional. They're calling a timeout and they're like, no, so and so is so on. we're gonna set this yeah. up. Yeah, we're gonna set this up, we're gonna do this, and then we're gonna move. Yeah. And then how what does Ant do or does Ant recognize that? And then penetrate and kick. You but know, it's also like, it's also like it's also like I mean, what happens after the action is done, right? Yeah. So you you run your action to get kind of set up in it. You know, we, mm-hmm. we've seen them run that horns action so much yeah. over the since Finch has been here. Mm-hmm. But it's like after you've done that, now, now what, what are you doing? They they, they cut it off if they stop it. If now what? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah, then is it just Ant just pulls it out and we're we're back in ISO ball again or? Do you keep moving off of that? Do you find a way to have a secondary action off of that or something else on the back on the back end? I, you know, how is that different this year? I guess, right. you know, to your earlier point, what, what are we going to ask? I guess that's something that I'll yeah. be asking is like, mm-hmm. what does late game offense now look like? And how right. is that different from what you were doing? And and the answer probably is, is there's no one right answer. Right. right? Um, and but not only choosing one answer. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that's. If I get how Finch thinks about it, I I, I think yeah. that would uh, that would probably be it. All right, Chris. Well, I'm with you. We need uh, actual basketball games uh, here soon. But I, we will I'm still provide content for the next two weeks here. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Check out uh, check out Chris's stuff over at the Star Tribune. He interviewed uh, Deputy Commissioner Mark Tatum. Is that yes. his right title? Yeah. yeah uh, just about the the Abu Dhabi games. I, I thought I found that actually interesting that the NBA like pays for all of that. I, I'm watching these games and I'm seeing like all our, uh, like the in arena people from target center or in the arena in Abu Dhabi. I'm like, wow, there are a yeah. lot of Minnesota people here at this game. Uh, yeah, in the Middle no East. So that, that stuff was, that was interesting. So I'd, uh, I'd suggest uh, people going, um, uh, over to, to check that out, mm-hmm. uh, over at the star tribune. I'm sure Chris will, in addition to daily coverage, have some features here uh, throughout the the preseason as well. Chris, appreciate you doing it. Uh, We'll talk again in a week, and they will have played one more preseason game. One more preseason game. That's right. All right. right. He's uh, he's Christopher Hine. Follow him on Twitter uh, at Christopher Hine. And I will be back at some point on Tuesday to preview the Wings position uh, with Britt Robson. Uh, until then, with Britt, he's Chris. I'm Dane. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stops, yeah. Green and hot, so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah. Hope you're dancing like nobody else around, yeah.